This is The Michael Bryan Show. Hi everyone, welcome back to the show. And today I'm joined with Max Kranov, who is the group CEO of Funcorp. So they are developers of entertainment tech products, so things like games, virtual reality, those kinds of things. So Max, thanks for joining me. Uh, thanks, Michael. Uh, pleasure to be here. So one of the things that I was quite curious about was how technology has changed over the years. We've come a long way just in the past sort of five or ten years with AI being quite prevalent now in comparison to what it was just six to 12 months ago. Paint a picture a little bit of how technology has shifted, how have the uses changed. For those that want a bit of a breakdown in the, the technology of it all, help us understand it a bit better. Oh, that's such a big question. So we can separate the consumer space and the enterprise space, right? So, I, so my background is in enterprise. Uh, I started writing software in Java in 1997. So, uh, so I do remember that uh, in the past there used to be mainframes, right? And uh, so client servers, sync clients, stick clients, and so on. So to me, uh, things like I say are more uh like the way of service delivery more than anything else it's just a more uh convenient way to, for people to collaborate to communicate and cooperate uh, not necessarily people it could be actors like software actors you can plug in your favorite ai system and so on so yeah it's just uh, the principle is the same it's just uh, it looks different and the uh, media picks up this term or another term every now and then so I think we are overwhelmed by the terms thrown at us. And the, the, every term has to be explained. Like, you know, we had that before. It's just it's a different way of saying it. And so on. It's just uh, amusing. Um, so with AI and so on, it's the same thing. It's, it's been around for years and years and years. Now the fact that uh, people are able to um, generate text that are on over images that that they used to be uh, done by uh, like underpaid humans. I mean, there is nothing new about it. Again, the, if anybody remembers the um, uh, SEO website made specifically for search engine optimization and the crawling, uh, it's the same thing here. It's just maybe a little bit better quality, but having said that, the, the kind of the value is the same, like zero or close to zero which is quite funny because yeah i was kind of waiting to use that statement a bit later in the conversation but uh but if we're looking at uh, where ai is going it's uh so you have two groups of people you have a group of people that is developing ai solutions to produce content and you have another group of people producing ai tools to consume that content so in a way if both groups of people disappear the world is going to like entropy. That's all. I mean, I don't think anybody would notice. Well, obviously, I'm exaggerating, but not so much. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird space. It's similar to my experience, anyway, with, with NFTs. And a lot of it is self generated, it's person generated. If, if it didn't happen, then it wouldn't be a big deal. And I think a big part of it is everyone that was pushing say ai or crypto or anything like that i found anyway there were so few that didn't have a vested interest in doing so 
they'll all say how amazing it is you need to get on this yeah. you need to do that you need to do this meanwhile behind the scenes they've invested in it or they've put their money in it and it'll go up as a result of them saying that thing and it's it's becoming a space now where it's so hard to really trust the system or the technology or anything like that like it's becoming difficult just through experience just through understanding the past few years it's making it harder to discern between something that's helpful something that's not something that's genuine something that's not things will come and go all the time and i've noticed that the the interesting thing as well i don't know what your take on it as well max would be but it seems like a lot of it is a bit too early and i don't know if that's just my impression you know where like the, the actual output of it like you look at like some of these search engine stuff like chat and and those open ai kinds of things it wasn't that great you had to be really really good at using it like almost like a, a calculator like if you're very good <laughs> at using the calculator you can do amazing things but if you're not that great at it like to be honest i'm not so the results I was getting were not that great. And that's because I wasn't that great at using it. That seems to be the space that we're in right now. Like the limitation is the people using it. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really interesting uh, topic. Uh, so you mentioned that uh, many technologies are too early. Um, I could offer a slightly different perspective on it, which is they're not too early. They're too shallow. Yes, they don't have enough matter in them uh, in order to kind of justify their existence at all. And so, uh, like what I said about blockchain many years ago, that it's the solution desperately looking for a problem. And uh, it's still there, right? There is no good use case except for buying <laughs> illegal drugs. <laughs> anyway, no, that, that, no that, that's the easy bone to pick. It's, uh, uh, it's just, I, I had to say that. But, but realistically, I think the perspective um, that I'm using is that um, there are some uh, hot topics that uh, people are using to their advantage, but not just to sell something. It's just to pretend uh, that they are innovative in a way, so just to, to justify maybe their investors' appetite for being at the forefront of technology. But I do remember that when uh, a few years ago we uh had lots of road shows to uh, uh to list our my, my previous company that i left a couple of years ago i uh, i think every investor on earth asked us about well, back in the day it was blockchain <laughs> what are you doing with blockchain what are you doing here what are you doing there so the words of the month uh yeah was thrown at us uh, just by every single investor i'm sure and I do now get the uh, calls like, Max, what are you doing with AI? Well, we're doing quite a few things with AI, but not the AI you think we are using. And that's the thing, right? So it's a, it could be the uh, code for the initiated. Just, you know, you, you can tell who is in the in-group and who is in the out-group. And usually those who are in the out-group, I think they are more profitable than those who are in the in-group because they, they don't yeah. jump, jump around trying to, you know, uh pick every trend and make use of it yeah it, it seems yeah. seems it's like um everything is either an app or a website and everything i dot ai after it and it just kind of confused me a little and um I, I just wonder what you think is is happening what what your 
predictions might be? Where do you think this is going? Because you're very heavily invested in the development space and you're creating things. You're not just using things. You're in the creation business as well. So where do you see yeah. this heading? Uh, well, I can tell you how we are using AI, uh, and that's uh, it's, it's very straightforward. So our core uh, business, uh, bread, butter, and thick layer of caviar on top, is uh, the app uh, for a meme exchange called iFunny, which a few generations I think, of US teenagers grew up using it. And uh, as part of the technology behind it is we have a huge uh, neural network uh, like uh, we use like uh, one big uh, server farm for that uh, to analyze what is being uh, said by people so that they don't really uh, intimidate each other, that the content is uh, safe. And I, I don't mean safe in the usual sense of word, the safe as for platforms for Google and Apple so that they would let us uh, stay on the platform and so on. So that is uh, where uh, it's also AI, right? That it, it is uh, used very heavily to classify information to see if there are any part of the body that shouldn't be there and so on. That's a very practical application. So that, that is uh, pretty much what we're doing. Um, when it comes to producing content, uh, I am kind of, I'm a bit uh, disturbed by the fact that we are able to absorb lots of information and spit out something that is, uh, well, not funny. So computers can't make jokes. <laughs> yes, again, I, I'm very heavily invested in humor, right? So I have, a, I have my own classification, right? And that is, I think it's quite relevant to um, what, what, uh, what we're talking about. So the classification is very simple. It is, uh, I rate every single joke one to five. So three is, uh, okay, so you try to make a joke and you succeeded. Four, it's actually funny. Five, it's hilarious. Two, uh, you try to make a joke where it was stupid. And one, uh, don't joke ever again. That's it. <laughs> so that is, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, a very, it's a very simple scale. So from my experience, uh, what um, computers, that, that's interesting actually. So AI technically is able to explain, but it's not able to produce. Uh, I, I, there is a very big gap. And to me, it's quite an unexplainable gap as to why. Right? So if you can explain, you can, uh, you can do something great, but no, it seems to be the gap. So uh, most of the jokes, especially the memes, that uh, AI is capable of uh, producing, it's probably two out of five. Uh, maybe one out of five is just because of maybe I don't know, cultural insensitivity or just not knowing what words mean in certain contexts. But yeah, that's, but that's usually it's like two out of five. So which, which is fine, right? So, I mean, as a kind of filler content, so if you lack the really good content, yes, it's something in between, right? Uh, will allow you to kind of avoid jumping uh, on every single high. Um, well, that being said, there is no shortage of human-generated really good content. So when we thought about maybe supplementing content with something that we produce ourselves, it's through AI, we just said, uh, like, resounding no, but no, 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 we are not doing that. Thank you so much. <laughs> it, it, yeah. it seems like you need to have a bit of a a system in place for your actual consumption of of content so you're so in the development space the content creation you're doing the whole creator thing really well i'd be curious about how do you spend your time on the consumption front because me myself i don't consume a whole lot of 
of content not mindlessly as i would say a lot of it's like conscious and intentional and like i use google a lot to find the content that i actually would like rather than scrolling through tiktok and everything's random and and all those things i have no idea what i'm looking at anymore i'd rather not do that so i, I spend mine a bit more mindfully i suppose you could say what about you how do you consume your content you know, actually, surprisingly, uh, I couldn't even have imagined that question 10 years ago. So how do you like your content consumed? <laughs> okay, um, so I subscribe to maybe 20 paid newsletters. So I'm, I'm not a visual person. I'm a uh, person who likes reading, sometimes reading out loud. So that, is, that allows me to summarize information, to classify, to put some notes in my, either into my notebook or into my own research software that I'm using. And so on. So about and I read yeah about like twenty a bit more uh, newsletters. Not necessarily big. Uh, sometimes I just go diagonally. So if I don't like the topic, then I just uh, you know scroll through it. Uh, but generally speaking, that is the and and some memes. Yeah, some memes either on our platforms or on Twitter. Uh, just just for fun, right? Because I I do like those uh, micro uh, micro dosing on serotonin. Uh, I, I came up with the term, I think. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that is, it, it's funny because it, yeah, it kind of provides you a little bit of comic relief uh, just in, in, in between serious things. Uh, and that, that's it. So I don't watch TV. I, I do play games, though, sometimes. Sometimes, but yeah, the last one was Final Fantasy sixteen, which I loved. Uh, but that's more of an exception. Because uh, yeah, so I, I do have a huge TV at home, which, uh, but yeah, I'm just not, not using it just because it looked really good on my wall. So I decided <laughs> that why not uh, to make a fashion statement, really. Uh, and yeah, that, that's it. So uh, I, I like walking, and when I'm walking, I usually, I don't walk alone. I walk with somebody and I just talk to, to people, to live humans. And I think it's uh, it's valuable, much more valuable than you know, binge watching anything. Yeah, I don't have Facebook on my phone. I don't have Instagram on my phone. don't have TikTok on my phone. only have LinkedIn and Twitter. Uh, and yeah, that, that's roughly it. Well, email, of course, email, yeah. email, yeah. yeah. I'm old-fashioned. <laughs> old-fashioned. It's it's interesting how the the way that creators tend to think is very different to consumers. Um, like so for my for myself, I have the apps on my phone, but I only use it for creation. And once I've done the creation side, I then disappear. Like I don't spend a whole lot of time. Mm -hmm consuming or for entertainment purposes although i'll admit the way that you describe like bits of funny things in between the serious things to help break up the the mental energy i totally understand that because that's how I, th I think it's my tiktok that tends to come across as that like it's just funny things almost all the time but then i can't just have that because then i'm not intellectually stimulated in the same way so i like to do a bit of both for, for that purpose really um, but yeah i totally understand you can't be switched on permanently all the time no. taking five minutes every half an hour is probably healthy um, that's roughly yeah. the pace yeah yeah. yeah 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 it's interesting how the other creators have the same thing as well and a lot of them have in air quotes lives outside of their creation so that takes up most of their time. And it's interesting that they, they all seem to say that the busier that they are and the more productive that they are in their real life, I suppose, the less time they mm -hmm. spend on their phone. And I can completely relate to that. I find it curious with yourself that you have newsletters as well. I find that quite interesting. Do you have any favorites? 
uh, favorites. Um, I like uh, Rob Henderson, uh, who writes about uh, psychology and so on. I like uh, Bernd Hobart, uh, who writes about like everything finance and generally. I like Lindsay Newsletter. I know not everybody likes Postcards, but I do. Uh, uh, what else? There are some uh, newsletters from uh, uh, consulting companies like BCG and uh, McKinsey. There are, hmm, yeah, there are some uh, product management uh, uh, newsletters and so on, which again I forgot the names. Uh, there is a, a very hilarious guy, Edward Neuromont, uh, who used to. Um, he he has his marketing newsletters called the Marketing Beer. Uh, we, uh, I think I agree with every single word he said because we have quite similar experiences. So, yeah, and that kind of fuels my day. But that being said, um, it comes at the expense of uh, inability to read books. And I, I really, really kind of pity myself for that because now the only time when I can uh, read a book uh, for a prolonged period of time, like maybe two, three hours at least, it's on a plane. I do fly a lot, luckily, I do fly a lot. So my Kindle is always charged, but uh, outside of the cabin, uh, I don't, just, uh, I, I can't. Because I'm, I'm not confined to a single space. Actually, so when I was, when I was living in New York uh, and I had to commute uh, one and a half hours each way, that was, again, so people said, ah, no, work from home is better. No, no. Long time you just listening to these guys. You ha it's your time. It's your time. And even if you're driving a car, you don't have your time because you can only you know, listen to an audiobook. But when you're actually sitting there, because I lived at, you know, almost at the far end of Queens, uh, <clears throat> so when, uh, when, when you're reading, uh, yes, one and a half hours at a time. And I, uh, I digested, I think, one magazine per day. I subscribe also like 20 magazines, different kind of carrot, carrot, uh, ink, Forbes, Fortune, yada, yada, yada. And so so I, I just went through them. So uh, it's it's incredible. It's incredible. But again, uh, books, uh, I have lots of books that I bought, <laughs> but not lots of books that I read recently. So my <laughs> usual pace used to be about one book a week. Uh, now it's close to one book a month. And that's if I'm lucky. Yeah. And I'm, I, I don't feel good about it. How do you think social media has shifted things like that? So we don't just have to talk about books and content, but also the app development space. So despite what people might think, Facebook started off mm -hmm. as an app. We had MySpace, we had Twitter, we had a couple of others that are now non-existent. It's still an app initially, like it's become an app. It's a website, it's on people's phones everywhere they go. How do you think social media has changed the landscape for you so we could talk about content we could talk about how people perceive app and software development the amount of people that are wanting to be the next mark zuckerberg and it's just thinking well mm, is that not skewed maybe you know maybe you should think a little bit differently how did you think about things like that social media impacting your content but also how people think about developing well, there are several questions here at once. So I'll try to just uh, remove layer by layer. So, uh, in terms of uh, applicability of uh, social media for us, is we we have uh, very good relationships with all platforms because we are buying that traffic to bring uh, users on our platforms. So, as a user acquisition method, uh, they they're still doing the job. 
it's becoming uh, increasingly more expensive. So the, the business model now is uh, under some stress. Uh, well, that, that being said, we're still using that. Also, uh, it's possible to use them to distribute the content that you have or somebody has uploaded to your platform. And yeah, generally, that's, that's roughly about it, right? The way we're using it. And so sometimes the yeah, social networks are being used to uh, uh, well create content by somebody else. And then we have users who are repurposing it for our platforms. So yeah, so those three prongs uh, of social media, and that, yeah, that that's about it. But we are talking about the platform content, and that is again that that's uh, something that many people, especially many academics, are not very happy about. That they are writing all kinds of papers saying that we now we have like clip thinking that we can't concentrate too long, that we again that we're microdosing on good emotions, uh, we can't uh, so we lost our ability to um read and comprehend large texts which in my opinion is actually true uh, yeah because it's not i don't know it's just, but in my opinion the solution is to learn to read faster but who knows <laughs> or you can <laughs> you can make it shorter yeah um, yeah so either or so yeah from that perspective if that is true and i think it has a big degree of truth in it um yeah, it's 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 not good, and because we have um, let's say we have our own recommendation algorithm, right? So I, I have a slight idea how that works, and yeah, recommendation algorithms they look at uh, what drives you. So they look at certain signals that uh, you are showing, like uh, how long are you watching the video for? Do you finish watching it? Do you not finish it? Do you rewatch it? Uh, do you share it? Uh, what did your friends do with it? Uh, what do people that look like you do with it, right? And so what, okay, what did the author of the video want to do with it? And so, so that all kind of uh, gets together and yeah, you're pretty much uh, hooked. And that's uh, also not good because again, I don't binge watch things, not because I wouldn't want to watch it. It's just because I think, uh, you know, I'm kind of prone to addiction, I'd say. I haven't, haven't tried it that much, but yeah, I, I did have a few. Uh, TV series many, many years ago where I couldn't just stop watching. So, yeah, I mean, un unless you make a conscious decision to do so, just don't start. So, but again, social uh, platforms, they are really made to encourage this sort of behavior. Well, how about one more? How about one more? How about one more? Okay, it's 4 a.m. You need to wake up in two hours. Um, so it's simply <laughs> uh, on, on, on top yeah. of everything else. Um, yeah, so that's... Uh, uh, again, um, also when it comes to the Facebook and uh, other platforms, um, well, they, well, to state the obvious, they, they've been around for like almost 20 years. Uh, back in the day, they, they started when, uh, well, first of all, when the market was smaller, when there was no, uh, uh, there was uh, almost no competition and not much demand, so they were able to grow the demand. And they grew up with the demand. So that's why they were very closely integrated with the people who were going to grow up with them. Uh, <clears throat> first. And the second, uh, nowadays, I don't think it's uh, possible to do so uh, other than things like Be Real, which in my opinion, uh, again, um, I'm, I'm trying to be kind, but it's very hard to be kind to something that is useless. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, it's not so, yeah, it's... Uh, I think uh, back in the day, these uh, platforms really 
gave users lots of value as it called consumer surplus, right? Uh, and nowadays it's it's uh, completely the opposite. And what's what's bad about it, in my opinion, is that I think uh, uh, we have almost run out of massive use cases that could be covered by apps or uh, websites or FAS and so on. Maybe there are, but we just not, don't know that they're big or maybe they're going to replace other use cases. But again, that's the work for psychologists and for those who are, for data analysts as well. Uh, but so far it looks like whatever new things that pass as innovation are not innovations. They are anything but. Yeah, it must be a bit strange when maybe you're trying to help someone that wants to start their own app or they want to build a website or they want to build something similar to yourself, you know, people that want to be under your wing a little, they want to follow in your footsteps, and yet they have this dream and grand vision that they might think is fantastic, but then you could point them to five or ten other things that have happened previously. Yeah. And I, I think it's becoming... It's becoming this this almost situation where it's a personal perspective that they're using to almost justify their thing that they want to do. So it's oh well, there isn't anything like this before. And you think, well, if you zoom out up at a thousand feet, you'll see there's ten. Um yeah. and they all didn't do well for these two or three reasons. Yours is very unlikely to top that unless you're particularly special. Um, and this this is something that's kind of prevalent in a lot of other industries as well. It's not just sort of technology. It's happening everywhere where people will think that they're fantastic in their bubble. And then as soon as they go outside of that, they've got a lot to learn and a lot to, to figure out before they start to embark on these things. It makes me think actually Max, if people wanted to follow you in your footsteps, if people wanted to create something develop something that's cutting edge, that's helpful, that's beneficial maybe profitable, I guess we'll get to that later, maybe what would your advice be for them? Uh... Well, I think, uh, but you mentioned earlier uh, that there is time and place for everything, for every uh, business model. There is this sweet spot, maybe two or three years long, when if you are able to jump that boat into that boat at that particular time, then you are lucky. If you're not, then you will always uh, try to catch up. And we did see that in my, in my previous business when uh, we because it was a flight search uh, engine, the third largest in the world still. But when we tried to enter the US market, when there was already Kayak and uh, Skyscanner, uh, obviously we failed, right? So we, we, we tried to repeat the steps with uh, Skyscanner. And every single time we tried to do that, they beat us at it. I, I don't think they even competed with us, really. They didn't care. And that was very smart of them. Uh, <clears throat> simply because, uh, I mean, so by doing the same what the winner has done, you're literally trying to kind of pull yourself to the position of a winner when he's, uh, again, uh, much far ahead of you. So it's a yeah, endless and pointless exercise. So I would not recommend people to try to copy things verbatim. Uh, maybe, and again, that's interesting because founder-led companies have a huge... Um, 
but they have a huge benefit that uh, as a professional uh, CEOs like me don't have. And that is, they are able to project their personality in the product. Uh, so that could be the competitive advantage. Oh, it's a competitive, no, no, it's a wrong term. Uh, not competitive advantage. Uh, that could be the distinction for them. So because for people, let's say like me, uh, the distinction would be, uh, I don't know, I'm just being a little bit so cynical. Uh, so how many uh, buzzwords I can put uh, into a sentence describing the company? Okay, it's AI, ML, and so on. And that, uh, the founder of companies, they position themselves differently. Um, yeah, that, that shows. So, yeah, the, the solution would be, well, actually, so then I think the best solution, and that's exactly where the founder's personality kicks in a lot, is that if we look at uh, some uh, serious businesses that grew up, they didn't start as a product. Well, some of them did, but most did. They started as a community. So uh, they started as, just, uh, meaning that, uh, community meaning that these are your first customers, so who you intimately know, who you are able to serve, and who are very open to providing you with feedback, like immediate feedback, right? Because the lack of feedback is everybody's nightmare, especially now, and that's probably another change. <laughs> another topic. Uh, yeah, so they're able to provide. And again, so but you can't build, commu build community if you are an unbearable person. That's, and that's exactly, so your community, in a way, unless you hijack somebody else's community and not create one for yourself, it it kind of matches some, or it is compatible with your personality. And that's exactly what I'm saying that. So once you're building your business, inevitably, inevitably it becomes a kind of a projection of your personality. Maybe not super visibly, but to, to, to a large degree. So, yeah, so that's my take on it. Right, so it's almost like you have to build the the customers first, and then create yeah. the solution to that. What are some of the easiest ways of of doing that? What are the easy ways of bringing people together, without, I guess, doing it with the intention of selling to them, which may actually switch them off to joining. Like if they're aware that you're going to sell to them perpetually. <laughs> Once they've joined, they may be less inclined to to do it if that's the impression that they get. So, how would you suggest people build communities, especially you know in twenty twenty three, maybe twenty twenty four and beyond? Community mm -hmm. building seems to be what you're edging towards. So, how would you suggest people do that? Oh, what a wonderful question! So I, I did build communities around myself, but it was like 20 years ago. But I, if I could project uh, our portfolio company's uh, experience, and because they are VR company and VR games, most VR games start with the community and then the product, because there is no other way of uh, making a game because again, it's such a small market that, uh, I mean, if you don't have a customer from the beginning, uh, you're as good at uh, not existing. So the way they are doing it is uh, they are, well, first of all, they are very competent. And I'm not meaning that like uh, in a very bragging way. They're competent because mm, they are able, so they have opinions. That's the most important thing. They have uh, opinions and visions. They have very good uh, picture of the world. Like uh, they, they have seen lots and lots of things and they do have an idea what works and what doesn't. And not works from the business perspective, works from the consumer perspective. What does the consumer want? Where does the consumer spend more time? How can we 
also provide some uh, extra serotonin to a person. Uh, so knowing that, knowing that allows them to go to platforms like Reddit or uh, Facebook or forums uh, still, so where people actually interact and uh, try to recruit people saying, guys, we need your opinion. What do you think of that? How do you like these pictures? How do you think those uh, uh, game characters would work? What do you think about the gameplay and so on? And, uh, and the Discord is very good for uh, bringing communities in, especially for gaming. And yeah, that, that's how slowly but steadily they are accumulating uh, audiences. Also, it depends on the product, right? So let's say the Facebook 2.0, uh, if we were to launch it today, it wouldn't work <laughs> simply because the product is the community in a way, <laughs> uh, uh, but also because uh, uh, so when, when we're talking about like, grassroots communities, people are very friendly the ratio of toxic people to normal people is nowhere near when you when you have a mature product and especially if somebody uses it specifically for the purpose of intimidating well i'm not saying that it's the only purpose of facebook but yeah obviously we know what i'm talking about so yeah in, in this case uh growing the community uh from ground up uh it's it's not as hard but it, it is work it's it's the invisible work that um it's kind of, it's a thankless work as well, but uh, I just last week I was at Gamescom, right, a gaming uh, conference, and I, I look at our the co-founder of the, sort of the founder of our uh, VR studio was there with me as well, and uh, so he hasn't seen anybody before, uh, but uh, he was uh, he, he was immediately likable. Everybody knew who he was because he participated. He, uh, you know, paid it forward. He provided advice. He asked questions, answered the questions, suggested, and so on. And that created uh, like a, a certain social standing for the person. And uh, the guys have communities for every game that build, builds. In. And there are so there are two games being released and two games in development. So four communities. Plus there are bigger communities. Well, especially again, so <laughs> I'm I'm excited about the topic to be honest. Um, if if something is just emerging, right, the well, communities uh, thrive simply because there is enough for everybody to 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 do. So you don't need to compete. You don't need to <laughs> backstab. Uh, it's it's too early for that. Well, maybe there is time for that eventually, but not not immediately. So at the moment, everybody is super friendly, uh, and that's I think that's the best. There are not many niches, though, or at least I'm not aware of many niches that are as grassroots, let's say, as uh, VR at the moment, uh, in the early stages of consumer adoption. Hopefully, there will be more because we clearly need them. Yeah. Yeah, it it seems like it's the the kind of space that is being disrupted or it's changing or adjusting all the time with things like technology being produced and becoming usable faster and faster and faster. Mm -hmm. I, I kind of felt like we we skipped AR and went straight to VR in that when when I was using snapchat let's say and you were able to put like stickers on actual real life through the lens and now all of a sudden vr is there and it's taken out and now it feels like ai is there before most of the public bought a mm -hmm. vr headset yep now all of a sudden we've got ai supposedly taken over it's all it's almost getting to a point 
where things are no longer becoming consumer prevalent or usable or popular before mm-hmm. the next thing is yeah. here. Yeah. And then it's getting that fast that it almost cuts the consumer out of it in a way. Um, Because by the time it gets to us, there's the new thing and it doesn't even get to us. And then there's the new thing. And what what do you think's happening? Like what's next? Where's this all coming from? How are people able to do such a thing when we don't really need a customer base before you can then fund the next thing? And then the next thing, and then before you know it, there'll be a new AI before most people even know it exists. And I think they're like version three or four of some of these systems now. And I'm thinking, what happened to the first one? Like, why, why didn't the first one really get used? Um, it just seems like it's happening quicker than the people can actually keep up with it and use it and benefit from it. In almost like it's not really involving us as much anymore. Ah. Uh. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, I, I do like the way you put it. Um, okay, so let, let, let's let's try to unwrap it. Uh, first of all, yeah, I completely agree that all these uh, technologies they are not consumer friendly. Uh, they're not particularly alien, but they're not friendly. Uh, yeah, the consumers are unable to uh, uh, catch up with the pace. Um, which brings me only to two solutions, uh, to, to, to conclusions and the solutions. So the first one is that uh, it's done uh, by, um, I'd say, entrepreneurs, right? Uh, but I don't mean it in the way, <laughs> the way I said it, um, <clears throat> who are monetizing themselves through investors' money, uh, milking investors just because they're sweet talking and are able to use the words in the right sequence in the sentence. Well, I mean, that's, uh, I think it's still for some companies that's enough to get funded, uh, much less so than a couple of years ago, but still. Uh, and another thing is, uh, uh, and that it bothers me to say this, but I'll still say it. Uh, why not? Um, it, uh, you should pay attention to the personalities of those people who uh, jump on the next bandwagon every single time, like every three months. So they were blockchain experts. Three months later, they are AI experts. Then they are VR experts. It's the same people. It's literally the same people. And some of them, if they are really resourceful, they can even write a book or two. Uh, but it's uh, so the masters of finance. Well, uh, I happen to know a few of such people. Honestly, again, that may sound a little bit arrogant, but I would never ever find them in any capacity. And again, they may come across as curious and knowledgeable, but no, no, it's, it's not. So, and if I had to guess, uh, quite a few of uh, such so-called businesses are driven by these people, and it's uh, maybe, maybe, maybe it's even uh, a kind of a hidden form of chasing heights. Right? Some people are so hooked on knowledge that other people do not possess. And they think of it as uh, well as the end in itself. Yeah, it's really interesting when you uh, you word it like that because it's making me think. Well, is it going to collapse under its own weight eventually, where eventually things will stop being viable and these investors slash humans, other people with with money to invest, 
see the history of it and think, well, why is this going to be different this time? It's becoming one of the questions that I would actually ask somebody. If someone wanted to create an, an AI company or software or app or whatever, I think, okay, well, looking at your history of going from one to the other, it's, like, it's almost like applying for a job. Like if you were applying for a job and the employer sits in front of you and says, okay, between 2010 and 2020, you did four or five projects. Why didn't the first one be successful? And they say, oh, well, this, that, and the other thing, it wasn't perfect market fit or whatever it is. Do you, you throw some kind of terminology as if they're going to try and confuse them. And they'll look at it and say, okay, well, why should we be number six in this everlasting list that you have? In the learning journey. Yeah, learning. Yeah, they, they use all kinds of words. And I wonder why people are convinced why why do people get convinced why do these investors say oh yeah well is it like the promise of being the next like vr system using ai that mimics reality like is that what the promise is and he goes oh no well barely able to count and it's not worked and we didn't get enough money therefore we couldn't build the system quickly enough as if i don't even think the technology is there yet you know when you sort of think well pumping money into research and development it doesn't really create the system either it doesn't it doesn't instantly get results just because you throw money at it as well like it's, it's becoming a, a state of like uneducated people educating slightly less educated people and somehow they've got more money than sense i, I don't know where it all comes from <laughs> Uh, there was an amazing piece. I, I, I forgot who. It, it was either Andrew Chen or uh, Eugene Wei who wrote a big article about uh, uh, angel investment being a status symbol. Uh, and that concept, it, it's Googleable and it's amazing. It's, it's, it's a fascinating reason. Uh, but uh, the, the short conclusion of the article is that people do it uh, for cloud. People do it just so that they can say that they have invested money into uh, something it's, it's relatively cheap bragging rights and again you and you're not uh, again as you said more money than things right it's uh, less about the returns it's more about uh, feeling yourself like an accomplished person who is at the forefront of technology and who puts his or her money where the mouth is incredible give me two Right, so um, <laughs> <Give me> <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but seriously, uh, in Australia, for example, we have I'm not going to name names, uh, just going to protect the sanity. Uh, yeah, we, we do have a couple of conglomerates uh, where the entry ticket is like five thousand dollars, right? That kind of pocket money for many, and uh, yeah, then you would be able to literally spoon feed multiple startups like five hundred dollars. At the time, and uh, yeah, so your five thousand dollars goes like towards ten startups. I imagine that. Imagine that. That's, that's the best thing that can happen to you, right? So you have invested into ten potential Googles. Can't can't beat that. Well, unless you invest into twenty potential Googles. <laughs> so would that be would that be ten thousand dollars then, where you just sort of double the uh, investment, then, uh, double the companies? Yeah, well, it doesn't work like that with uh, <laughs> angel investment, of course. <laughs> but yeah, still, so yeah, as a, people do financial decisions for lots and lots of irrational reasons, and it's uh, it's curious because in general, um, 
irrationality is uh, something that, or oh, irrationality is something that we, I think, uh, needs to be prepared for when uh, building apps or building any sort of system. Uh, in in particular, when it comes to uh, payment apps or uh, whenever one party exchanges funds with another party, right? So we are not supposed to kind of enjoy the streamlined experience. So just a, a click or a finger, or two fingers, I can't click one finger. Uh, yeah, so you would uh, pass the money to another person. And that there is a whole big billion ecosystem going on behind it, right? So be it credit, be it a bank transfer, be it stored value system transfer and so on. That's completely hidden from users. And that's, again, it's a, uh, you know, every single time that happens, it's a small micro dose of happiness. Yeah, it's, it's becoming a situation where I'm hoping that there's a solution. I'm hoping that there's something out there that can almost shortcut all this because no one really knows what is true, what's real, what's valuable, what's helpful. If everyone's doing it for the, the status symbol and the, the clout and the reputation, which is essentially just a label, really, to, to say that you've done it. Uh, I mean, I've, I've been there when I was younger. I was collecting labels and badges and all kinds of things. And now you look back and realize it didn't really mean anything. What's the solution to this? It seems like there's far too much money in the system. So you were someone that's been doing this for a very long time. Just wrap it all up into a nice little present for us called the solution. What what would it be? What would be the the option? Is it knocking the monopoly board over and starting again? Is it taking money off these people? <laughs> What's the solution? Well, the short answer is I don't know. Uh, the longer answer is that um, well, again, my second therapist told me once that you should have a good hobby. Well, it's a, such a good throwaway advice. Um, yeah, couldn't really implement it. Uh, to me, to me personally, and I, again, I don't recommend copying me, not that somebody wanted to, um, is to uh, do, because my, my, my job in general, right, is to uh, solve complex tasks. I don't do the simple things. I only get involved when things go really hard and there is, you know, and you need to like <laughs> Superman, right, to, to solve that. So that drives me a lot. And that also uh, allows me to kind of understand the value uh, of, let's say, of myself and what I let's say, bring to the company and so on, but while trying to be, uh, you know, quite, quite humble as much as I can. So uh, being able to balance that, being able to balance uh, value and humility if, if that's possible at all, um, that that's what uh, I would. I think that that's the solution. That's the immediate solution to not having these sinful thoughts. Uh, I need cloud and so on. There is uh, one arrogant thing that I've uh, practiced for the last five years, but again, I can allow myself one arrogant thing, and that is uh, I do not uh, carry business cards with me, and that's not because it's uh, it's not by design. It's uh, well, sure. Uh, it's not because they change every time. It's just because if I'm missing somebody, they already know who I am. Uh, but that's the only arrogant thing I can allow myself. Other than that, yeah, it's, 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 it should be humble. It's much more fun. Is there anything that you do personally to, whether it's your shortcutting the, the simplicity, 
whether you're just not valuing the short-term gratification, whatever it is, whatever your operating system might be, what do you do to do that? <laughs> sounds like I'm asking it very simply as well. But how do you think this way? How do you shortcut the the simplicity, the simple thoughts, the simple short-term thinking? What do you do to to do that, to live this way, to help people try and be more like that so that they're not as reactive, they're not as short-term thinking, they're not as simple, for want of a better expression? How do you do it? Oh, what a wonderful question. So let me think. Well, first of all, first of all, I think some of it comes just simply with experience and simply with just having seen so many things that happened to uh, so many people that it's, it's kind of, nowadays it's quite hard to be surprised. This way. There is one un, uh, unorthodox answer to it, but, and that is what I genuinely recommend to everybody. I, um, well, I was I was quite let's say quite quite nervous, quite uh, agitated uh, some time ago, uh, and then I took two negotiation courses, so through the advanced negotiations program in in Stiadis, for anybody who's interested. I strongly recommend it, um, and that kind of changed my the life overview in general. So it's, it's uh, because my uh, my issue was that yeah I wanted quick results. Because time is money, time is valuable, I can't waste my time doing that. And that completely distorted the picture, it distorted the value system. And uh, it allowed me, okay, I haven't completed both courses, I, I, I slowed down. I did understand that uh, whatever happens, uh, most things are solvable, uh, that you have humans sitting next to you, right, even like across the table, and so on. And that uh, you obviously, well, that's quite cliche. Uh, work win-win, but what what exactly does that mean, right? That, uh, so trying to ask to understand and not ask to convince, and right. those things again, it's it's a, it's a bunch of things that are kind of self-evident, but put it in a very neat system and uh, like even practical uh, tips and tools to how to do that that helped me a lot. And uh, so from that perspective, uh, again, I'm, I'm much happier Like if we are all happy rather than if I'm just happy myself and my neighbor is not, for example. So that's, uh, that, that, that was super valuable. And again, I, I recommend just, uh, just any, any sort of negotiation courses that are focused on win-win uh, and not uh, those courses that are like Trump style, like uh, I win, you lose. Well, Max, it's been phenomenal thanks so much for sharing that i appreciate that um i hope those that are listening practice it go on the courses learn as much as they can from that and from you so it's been an incredible conversation thanks so much those that want to find out more about you where can they go so it could be websites it could be social media how can people find more about you and the work that you're doing uh it's uh, easy to find me on linkedin or google i'm google also and on linkedin it's just max Crane. Uh, the, the tag and uh, yeah, fun.co, uh, fun.co. Uh, that's our website. Uh, we have our apps there for, for memes and for everything. Easy. Thanks so much for being a guest on the show. Those that are listening, feel free to subscribe, share the show, tell others, and also leave a review wherever you are listening in to your podcasts. Max, thanks so much. It's been great, and I look forward to keeping in touch. Thank you. Oh, that's good. Thanks, Michael.